The Urbanist is brought to you in association with the Department of Culture and Tourism, Abu Dhabi. Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi is a beacon of hope and inspiration. A catalyst to spark growth and collaboration with museums and experiences, where art and science and nature and technology coexist. The belief of Abu Dhabi that culture is the backbone of our society. Stay tuned for a special episode of the show, in which you can hear His Excellency Mohammed Khalifa Al-Mubarak explain exactly why and how Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi is the perfect place to collaborate, create, and innovate. Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi, proud partner of The Urbanist on Monocle Radio. World fairs have been producing architectural marvels for decades, from London's Crystal Palace in 1851 to the Seattle Space Needle or the Eiffel Tower. Osaka, Japan's second city, held the first expo in Asia in 1970, and its commemorative park still showcases a few of the pavilions built for the event, including its outlandish centrepiece, the Tower of the Sun. You're listening to Tall Stories, a monocle production brought to you by the team behind The Urbanist. I'm Andrew Tuck. In this episode, Thomas Pinheiro discusses the legacy of Expo 70 and what might be ahead for Osaka Expo 2025. Paris has kept the Eiffel Tower. Brussels, Diatomium and Montreal, its modular housing experiment, Habitat 67. But Osaka's keepsake from its World Expo is perhaps the quirkiest of them all. The Tower of the Sun, a 70-meter-high bird-like structure by artist Taro Okamoto. The exo on 70 is bound to be so heavenly. A surrealist departure from Japanese and Western aesthetics, the tower stands like an ancient totem at the heart of what has become the Expo 70 commemorative park. Expo 70 was the first world exhibition held in Asia. It happened during the post-war boom and at the peak of the Japanese economic miracle. Osaka, second largest city in Japan and threshold of a new world, a new world called Expo 70. In March next year, the biggest ever... Themed Progress and Harmony for Mankind, the six-month-long event took place in Suita, just north of Osaka, covering an area of over 330 hectares. Total attendance exceeded 64 million visitors, with a daily average of 600,000. Dubbed Future City, the exhibition grounds were a vibrant playground for architectural visions to come to life, including everything from metabolism to inflatable buildings. The monorail line arrived under a massive space frame roof designed by Kenzo Tange, the event's chief architect. The megastructure covered the main square, encircling the Tower of the Sun. In the 70s, when traveling abroad was still rare for most people, the expo brought to a single location the entire world. The program included over 2,000 performances and cultural exhibits in the pavilions of 78 countries and several organizations. Besides culture, the pavilions showcased technological breakthroughs. Japan, for instance, offered a first glimpse into the mobile phone, as well as exciting high-speed transportation projects. The United States and the USSR each showcased their side of the space race. The Americans had moon rocks and a lunar model, while the Soviets paid tribute to Gagarin. Their pavilion, the tallest building on the Aspo, 
seemed to soar to outer space with its peached roof that had the hammer and the sickle at its very top. The Swiss pavilion showcased the country's precision industries, and its tree-shaped design stole the show, gleaming with 35,000 light bulbs at night. There were also pavilions of understated elegance, such as the Brazilian pavilion, which evoked Brasilia's concrete curves, and the Ceylonese pavilion, which boasted Jaffer Bauer's tropical modernism. With nearly everything demolished in the years following the event, the vast open space gradually transformed into a lush urban park. Besides Okamoto's tower, a piece of Tungay's roof has remained as a memorial, as has the monorail line that still transports people into the park and to the huge shopping mall that now stands where a full-scale amusement park was in the past. The steel pavilions virtually intact, standing with its amphitheater that pioneered an immersive sound system in its time. The space surrounding the theater now hosts a permanent exhibition about the expo. Next to the original Japanese garden, the Japan Folk Crafts Museum also stayed, keeping its original function. The National Museum of Ethnology, a stone throw away from the last shoe, opened its doors in the late 70s. For a sense of the bustling atmosphere of the fair, one can visit the park on a sunny weekend when Ozakans take over the grounds. It's almost certain that an event will be taking place, and it can be anything from a Pokemon Go festival to music, food and craft markets. The Tower of the Sun reopened in 2018, inviting the public to see its hollow interior. That's where the Tree of Life is, an original installation narrating the evolution of life. Although it fails to impress from the height of our hyper-realistic era, the piece was the ultimate immersive experience in the 70s. Visitors can also explore the grounds looking for the memorial stones and plaques that mark the exact location of each pavilion. But fair warning, it's a somewhat eerie experience, as it sometimes feels like walking through a large graveyard. Interest in the Expo 70 is rekindling as Osaka prepares for yet another World Expo. Expo 2025 will take place on an artificial island in Osaka Bay. This time, the master plan is by Su Fujimoto, and it features a giant timber roof that encircles all pavilions. However, issues such as construction delays, labor shortages and ever-soaring costs are casting a shadow over the event and have already caused countries like Mexico and Estonia to withdraw. Russia has also dropped out, mentioning unfair treatment by organizers, who indeed do not hide their criticism over the invasion of Ukraine. Public opinion about the expo is divided, with many calling for the event to be postponed or cancelled altogether. Themed Designing Future Society for Our Lives, Expo 2025 will once again showcase high-tech from across the globe, but with a much-needed focus on sustainability. And even amid the climate crisis, conflict, economic downturns, and Japan and the world going through challenging times, this new event shows us that we are still looking at the future, but just with a little less enthusiasm. The experience, let's hope, will lead to a better understanding of other people, other countries, other cultures. Tall Stories is a Monocle production from the team behind The Urbanist. This episode was written by Thomas Pinheiro and produced and edited by David Stevens. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to receive new episodes every week. I'm Andrew Tuck. Goodbye and thank you for listening, City Lovers. City Lovers.